Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to HodgePod. I have a special guest today. We're going to be talking sports, and we're talking the New England Patriots and the Boston sports scene. And I have a special guest today, Bill Burt. He's the Lawrence Igloo Tribune Executive Sports Editor in Lawrence, Mass. And uh, Bill, welcome to uh, HodgePod, and I'm looking forward to talking a little Boston sports and some Patriots today. Well, I thought we were here to talk about my first game I ever covered in sports was uh, oh. uh, a football game in North Andover High School. Yes, that was uh, North Andover uh, against Pentucket High School. Yes, sir. That was how long ago was that? That was September 10th, 1983. So you're sort of old. I am old. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing how time flies. So uh, yes, I remember the good old days in North Andover, Mass, and uh, down here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, looking forward to this conversation. And uh, basically, uh, how long have you been in the uh, covering sports at the Lawrence Eagle Tribune? And uh, you're the executive sports editor. So how long have you been doing that? So literally, <laughs> the first day I worked was covering a high school football game. So that was 1983. So that's when I technically started. That was as a part-time stringer. Uh, it's a funny story how I got into the business. I, I went to Merrimack College, grew up in Quincy, south of Boston, about six miles, and uh, came up to Merrimack. And it, it's a great story. When I drove to the school, I remember there's this long road coming off Route 93. I was a city kid. I uh, mm -hmm. grew up in the projects. And uh, I remember coming off 93 and driving on, driving by the state police barracks there in Andover, as you know. Right. And it was like, I remember this is when I was, I remember visiting saying, I'm not going to this country farm here. I ended up, I, I did, I loved it. I never moved. And I, I used to, I, while at college, I worked at the Loft restaurant in North Andover. And uh, yes. that's where Russ Conway, sports editor, who passed away two years ago, by the way, uh, Pulitzer Prize runner up, uh, broke big time NHL stories. So he, he, we used to come in and we'd argue. He, he used to come in. He was close with all the Bruins. He covered the Boston Bruins. And we'd bring Bruins into the bar and I'd meet them and talk to them. But he one day said, hey, uh, you know, you are you argue a lot. You seem to know, think you know everything. He goes, put your money where your mouth is. And I covered, uh, asked me to cover a high school football game in two days. It was like Thursday night. Saturday, I covered the game. And uh, literally, that was uh, September of 83. I've been in this business ever since. Wow, that's incredible. Russ Conway was a... Uh esteemed uh and well-known nationally uh nhl writer and uh, we were fortunate to have him in our area when uh, covering uh the nhl so mm -hmm. how about uh you covering uh sports so when did you really start covering like the uh four pro sports teams in boston so that's really started for me i i you know pop in a little bit you know my one claim i had a couple claims to fame one of them was in 1986 i covered one celtics game in 1986, this year they won the championship, beat the uh, beat the Lakers. In, oh, was it the Lakers? 84, uh, 86, 86 was uh, the Rockets. Rockets. So um, I covered one game that year at home, and that was the only game they lost. They were 40-1 at home. I covered the one loss. Uh, and that was the great, arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, and then uh, it was about 1990-91, uh, Paul LaFond, who had been covering the Celtics, sorry, been covering the Patriots. Right. Uh, uh, left the paper and it opened the door to cover the pitch. And uh, the, the next year was my first full year. That was with Coach McPherson. And uh, he struggled. I think he won like seven games in two years. He got sick at the end of his second year. Right. And, uh, you know, I grew up, it's funny, so I grew up really lo loving the Patriots and they were never. They had that one team in 85, 86. They had the teams in 87, in the late 70s that were good with Grogan, uh, Mike Haynes, John Hanna. Uh, you know, they made a run, but they could never get past Oakland or Pittsburgh. And um, so I and I, I even love when they were three and eleven, Minnie Mac Heron, five foot four, five foot five, led the league in all purpose yards. That to mm -hmm. me was a big deal back then. No one even talks about that anymore. So I had a passion for the Patriots. So lo and behold, you know, that's back in the mid-70s, 1991. I'm covering literally the Patriots. I've uh, been in the business, you know, was covering local sports for six, seven, eight years. And then Patriots full-time. And then the big year was, and, I, and I, I wrote this the day it happened, um, when Bill Parcells, they announced they were hiring him. And I was at the press conference. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, I've never felt this as a Patriot fan or covering this team, and my, which is my whole life. I said there was certitude. I, the Patriots were always fun, crazy stuff happened. You know, they draft, they, their draft was always a mess. Um, they'd win, they'd upset great teams, lose to the worst teams. And, uh, but this was the first time Bill Parcells was the coach. And I, I, bet, I, I wrote the word certitude. I don't even know where I got it from. <laughs> but it was the first time, the first time I felt certitude covering uh, this team or following this team. And lo and behold, I was right. Uh, that was 93. Uh, you know, they were five and 11. They won their last four games here that year, though. That that's the key. That was one of my that was, in fact, covering the team. That was as much fun as any because uh, you knew there was light at the end of the tunnel. And they won, like I said, they won their last four. four. Bledsoe got hot. So you knew Bledsoe was going to be good. And you knew Parcells was great. And the next year they went 10 and six. And of course, that's the year they lost to Cleveland in the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They lost to Cleveland in Cleveland. And uh, Bel- Belichick was coaching Belichick. around. Yes. And um, so that's what happened. They, um, they, so the, the, the Patriots then, it was when he was hired, I knew something was different. And it's literally been that way now for mm-hmm. we're talking th- literally 30 years. Uh, this is the 30th year in 2023. Interesting. Cause I remember in the late eighties and early nineties, I went back and I looked and I did go to some games as well. I remember uh, you could go to walk up on the day of a game and get tickets. There were some games where they had 30,000, 40,000. And one season they had yep. the last game of the year, I think it was like 20,000 people at the game. And it's hard to believe at that time that people weren't going to the games. You could buy tickets. But you, like you said, Parcells definitely changed the attitude. And then when I was looking up uh, the, uh, when Parcells, James Earthwine was the owner of the team at that time for that one year, was he not? Yes. So – the, the key was back in that 93 year, which why it was an exciting year. It was also that they weren't packing the place back then either, but uh, the team got better at the end. Bledsoe looked good. And it was talk they were going to move to St. Louis. So that last game, they beat Miami. I'll never forget it. They beat Miami, knocked Miami out of the playoffs. And fans stormed the field because it, it felt like the Patriots probably were going to move to St. Louis, which is where the Orthwines were from. They were the Bush family. Orthwines and Bushes, and the you know the St. Louis had lost a team. The Cardinals had gone to Arizona, so it looked like a done deal. And that's when a year later, that's when Kraft comes in, and he he ends up buys the team because it was a ownership was a mess before Orthwine. It was right. Kyan, Victor Kyan, and, and um, before them the Sullivans. And the Sullivans, you know, great. I, I honestly like the Sullivans. Um, they they basically created the franchise from nothing. They just didn't have the experience of what the NFL was turning into, which was big time business. And that's the one thing Kraft did. Kraft was a businessman when he came in mm-hmm. and uh, a very astute businessman. And he he had vision. And I, I, I don't know if the Sullivans per se had that kind of vision. You know, they blew the Michael Jackson thing, which is really what put them in, into bankruptcy. The only people that could screw up the, the Mike, Michael Jackson, the hottest guy in the world, was the Sullivans. They gave him this incredible contract. The tour sort of floundered and, uh, and it, it ruined the franchise. So Kraft takes over the franchise in 94, the 10 and six season. So Kraft takes over the team and he's thinking, I'm a genius. I come in, they go from five and 11. Uh, and, you know, him and Parcells, they had their, they, I think it was initially a nice marriage. In the end, it sort of broke apart uh, because I think each guy thought it's because of me which is why we're here. To be honest with you, it was both of them. But I honestly say the day this, the most important day of this franchise was when they hired Bill Parcells. If you ask me, it was Parcells. And it was, that was the day. We're here in 2023 with all these Super Bowls and this late run they had here. Even, you know, this year's been sort of interesting. But uh, it's because Parcells set, basically planted the seed for what's happened now. That is, that's, that's a great way to look at it. And I can't believe that at some point that the Patriots could have moved to St. Louis. That's, that was a reality at one point. Was it not? Yeah. So no, it was, I I thought we thought it was going to happen. Like I said, the fans celebrated uh, in the team after that win at the end of the two, at the end of the 93 season, because a lot of people thought this is it, they're going to move. And it was probably, and we thought that, uh, 
James Bush Orthon was going to move it to St. Louis. The only problem is I think the um, the commissioner, and uh, I'm not sure who it was at the time. It was post it might it might have been Tagliabue. Tagliabue said you, they said you can't move it. Uh, we need we need the presence in Boston and New England. Um, you know, a lot of fans back here, and if, if you know, I knew this growing up, were Giants fans because the NFL, there was no AFL back then. Yeah. There was no team in New England. So a lot of fans around here love the Giants because they were the only, even a New York team, but they were the only team around. So um, then that changed, obviously, in 1960, 61, when the Patriots were formed. But, you know, you've got these guys in their 90s that they never liked the Patriots because they're Giants fans. So that's what happened. Um, and then Kraft came in and he gave stability in the ownership office. And, and you know, I've written a lot about this, but the three most important things that the Patriots have had or had, especially for that last two decades, is owner, head coach, and quarterback. And they had it. They don't have it right now. Mm -hmm. Still figuring out the quarterback. But when you have those three things, and you have arguably the best owner in history, the best quarterback in history, and the best coach in history, uh, guess what happens? You go to nine Super Bowls in 18 years. Yep, and uh, didn't Belichick? He was uh, head coach for the uh, Jets for one day, and then he he left the the Jets to come to the Patriots. No, he was head coach for about eight minutes. Eight minutes. Uh, oh, eight yeah. minutes. Wow. <laughs> uh, it it was yeah, it was not even a day. His problem was he and he would be the guy to step in, but he thought Parcells was going to leave and not handle anything, just basically hand the whole, because Parcells was head of player personnel as well. He was mm -hmm. in charge of the entire Jets team. And that's what Parce that's what Belichick wanted. If Parcells left and handed the, all the keys to Belichick, Belichick would have taken the Jets job. Wow. That's incredible. It's yeah. just amazing how decisions uh, happen like that. So Belichick comes to the Patriots and, um, the, uh, he starts out, and then uh, he drafts a quarterback by Tom Brady. We all know about Tom Brady, but that also changed, too, um, as well, like uh, when uh, Bledsoe got hurt. But I was looking at Brady's stats the other day. He only threw six yards his first season with the Patriots. Is that not? I still find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, he was a backup, and he was skinny, and he was, uh, he was a hard worker, apparently, and from the start. Uh, he, he, the only game he threw, and he was like – it's two for five, six yards with uh, the Detroit Lions on that Thanksgiving. They lost, Patriots got destroyed on Thanksgiving that year. And um, that was an awful year, 2000, by the way, awful. Patriots lost, 11, I think they're five and 11. Uh, mm -hmm. They lost like nine games by one score or less. And I think that was the beginning of Bel Belichick saying, I don't think this is the guy. Um, not that we have a guy to replace him. I don't think, I don't know if we have a guy better than him because they never thought Brady was technically better than him. But I will say this, you know, Brady was drafted sixth round, 199th overall. Historically, when you draft a guy that low, you put him on the practice squad, you release him, and um, and you just, you carry him the rest of the year. They said he looked good in, in, um, in camp. And Belichick took three quarterbacks and put them on the active roster every game because he didn't want to lose them. He knew something was there with mm -hmm. this kid. He, there was something there. Not that he knew he was anything of who he became, <laughs> but but he had there was something about him. So uh, that's that's the story early on. And it was uh, again first year wasn't pretty, but Belichick had second doubts about Ble uh, Par uh, sorry Bledsoe back in that mm -hmm. first year in two thousand. Interesting, interesting. So they go to the Super Bowl where they beat the uh, Rams. Uh, how many Super Bowls have you covered, uh, have you gone to uh, with the Patriots? So I went to the Super Bowl in 96 when the Patriots played Green Bay Packers. That was with Parcells. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a blowout, per se. It was a 14-point game. That was a good Patriots team. I mean, crazy as it is, I think eight of the players that were on that team were there five years later when, Parcell, when Belichick came in, or four years later. Mm -hmm. And that was the core of his team, was that team, even though basically uh, Bledsoe was on the outs, uh, you know, Ty Law, um, Bruschi, McGinnis. Um, Ted Johnson, Adam Vinatieri, these guys, these guys were good. And then he brings in a guy like Brabel. He brings in, um, um, you know, they brought Otis Smith at, mm -hmm. at corner. Uh, so basically 
it, it was that team that went to the Super Bowl. And it's the first Super Bowl I covered. Then I covered the Super Bowl in 2000, the Giants against the Ravens, probably the worst two teams in the history of Super Bowls with the worst two quarterbacks, uh, Collins and, and Dilfer. Trent, Trent Dilfer. Awful, awful. It was like the best part about that game was it was there were three kick returns for touchdowns all right after each other. It was crazy. But it was a, it was a horrendous game. Um Collins was worse than Trent Dilfer, and that's why the Ravens won. Uh, the Ravens were a very good defensive team. That was, you know, the epitome of uh, of um, what's his name's career, the linebacker for the Ravens. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, who, in my opinion, is one of the top five all-time greatest players in the NFL history, wow. is Ray Lewis. But uh, so I went to that. Then the Patriots were the year after. And, you know, that game was an incredible week. I had, expectations were – we're low. Uh, I think the Patriots were 14 point underdogs against the Rams. Uh, but the Patriots were tough. And it's funny because the Patriots at one point were five and four. They hosted the Rams in Foxborough that year in 2001. That was the old stadium, the crappy right. one. And um, Patriots hung around and lost at the end. And they, they couldn't stop a third and four and they converted it. Game was over, lost by, Patriots lost by like three or four points. And it's funny. I remember going to the Rams locker room and talking to a couple of Rams players and they're saying, don't sleep on this Patriots team. There's something about them. And I'm going, what? They're five and five. It's, you know, Brady, probably Bledsoe's going to come in. And uh, no, uh, there's something about them. Well, get low behold, they didn't lose another game after that. Didn't lose another game the rest of the season. Uh, and I wrote, I wrote something about it. I went back and looked at the calm about the Rams talking about the Patriots that day. And they were right. <laughs> and the Patriots <laughs> go and beat the, the greatest show on turf. And that was one of, you know, you know, we, we talk about the Brady, the Brady uh, Belichick thing, which I hate talking about because in my opinion, they're both the greatest and together they, they prove to be the greatest run in the history of sports. You don't do that with just one, a, right. quarter, a great quarterback or a great coach. You need both of them. And, and they did it. And that game was Belichick's game plan. I mean, that the, the Rams had three points up until the last four minutes of the game when they got those two crazy touchdowns and uh, it made it a game. And uh, it looked like the Patriots were dominating them, and they were dominating. Mm -hmm. uh, they almost tied it up. Uh, they did tie it up until Brady uh, then. What struck me about that last drive was how cool Brady was. You know, I've watched, gone back and watched that last drive many. So Hagler Hearns, I've watched that tape probably about a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Brady's last minute and 26 of that drive, I've probably watched about 500 times. And just how cool he was. And he wasn't great then. He was a manager. That team was based on defense, right. running the football. Uh, and But Brady said, I, I just go back and I'm in awe at how cool he was for a guy that had done nothing in his career. Now, what happened was we had to go back into his career at Michigan which was downplayed because he, you know, they sort of pulled him because they brought in Drew Henson, but that was oh, a political, yeah. that was a political move. Drew Henson committed to um, Michigan after Brady was supposed to be the start story, but Brady beat out Brian Greasy for the start the year before. Lo and behold, Michigan goes undefeated, wins a national title, which they could do this year, by the way. Um, and so, so that year, that Brady year was that Brady greatness and coolness was in college. If you go back and watch his college film, he was Brady in the pros. It was comebacks. It was clutch play, fourth quarter passes, drives, down 14 points over Penn State in that last win, win by three. So Brady was Brady in college. We just didn't, in the NFL, didn't because he was slow. He had an ugly body and he looked like an embarrassment at the combine. Lo and behold, as he has said, thank God we don't judge quarterbacks by how fast they run because he still wouldn't have been drafted. Wow. That is uh, quite uh, extraordinary background into that. So the Patriots, they would go on to win two more Super Bowls, and then they had a drought for, what, about 10 years? And um, they yeah, were so, always so in the hunt, but um, they were always in the hunt when it came to playoffs and Super Bowls. But uh, they went 10 years with it before they won their next stretch. Yeah, so when we you got to be careful when you say drought. They Not were drought, drought for uh, wins. I'm sorry. Yeah, but but they were in two Super Bowls in 2007. I was yeah. there for that game. 
uh, great story. I'll, I'll tell the story after you, but that that was the shocker. Um, you know, a couple of big plays by the Giants at the end, and you know, Eli Manning. They don't. If what's the name? Uh, of David Tyree. Make, make that catch, uh, David Tyree with the ball sticking to his helmet. We, you know, Eli Manning isn't in the Hall of Fame. And that there set up another pass and then the easy, arguably the greatest team of all time. And it really wasn't the greatest team. It was the greatest offense of all time. And they, and as we know, through Belichick, offense doesn't win championships. It, it seems like the great offenses always in the end, even as great as they are. I mean, look at Kansas city. I'll argue he's, he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. And, you know, they don't win this year. Now we're talking six years, one Super Bowl. I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm just yeah. saying it's hard to win. When you don't stop, you got to stop the other team. And so that 2017, then 2011, you know, I, I remember a funny story there. Um, I was walking to the Super Bowl, walking to meet someone for breakfast who had known Belichick. And he said something to Belichick about the Giants Patriots Super Bowl. This was in 2011 in Indianapolis. And he said, uh, yeah, I said, Bill, uh, I don't think Indianapolis is that good. No, sorry. I don't think the New York Giants are that good. And Bill said, you're right. He goes, but I don't think we are either. And, <laughs> you know, the thing is, he, those are two mediocre teams. Uh, that, <clears throat> that was not a great Patriots team. wasn't a great Giants team. I think the Patriots are 14-2, and two, but it was a very weak year. And you know, another game, a couple of crazy catches, one pass. Manningham makes a catch down the sidelines. Or if Wes Welker makes that catch. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. It's it's over. I mean, they easily could have had two more Super Bowls. And I'll even argue 2006, uh, I was there, you know, the the, the, um, the Colts AFC Colts. Championship game. Uh, you know, they that game is over. Yeah, Colts um, made the it comeback. Like, it, it's a crazy comeback. And But, it, you know, in the first half, it's 21 to 6, so 21 to 3. And the Patriots are about to score again. And they call offensive pass interference on Troy Brown. They're in like the they would have been on the seven or eight yard line. And this is after he, I think he made the catch. Mm -hmm. So next thing you know, the Patriots try a field goal, miss it. They come down and score, kick a last second field goal to make it 21 6. It should have been 28 3. Over. Game's over 28 3. So then lo and behold, they have your comeback there. But my point is, <laughs> I mean, you, I, I understand what you said when you say drought, but, but it's they easily, easily, 2005. Uh, I was in Denver when the Patriots, um, when Bled, uh, uh, sorry, Brady throws the interception and uh, and it, that's to go up 10 and instead it's returned, they fall behind. I mean, one little play, then they host Pittsburgh the next week and they owned Pittsburgh during that run. So then it's, that's probably a Super Bowl because Pittsburgh beat Seattle, who's right. mediocre. So. It, that Patriots team, I, I don't want to say they underachieved uh, winning six Super Bowls, going to nine Super Bowls, but it easily could have been a lot more. And I, the irony is, and I've said this before, I was, every game Brady played, every Super Bowl he played, he handed the ball to the defense and said, all right, I got the lead, just finish it. <laughs> and three times they weren't able to do it. Wow. I didn't mean to say they were in a drought. They went 17 and 0. I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked when they lost that. And I was even shocked when they lost against the Giants the second go around. It was just like, yeah. it was stunning how they, they could have been undefeated. So I'm sure the Miami Dolphins were happy about that. Yes. Um, so uh, as we're going and looking at the, uh, the Patriots, uh, they had uh, those other Super Bowls. They played uh, the Rams. They played the Falcons. Um, and then the other team, uh, Seattle and one yeah, of you know, there we go. Seattle. I had to listen, forget. How could I forget that game? Um, every every Super Bowl the Patriots play is memorable for something. And you know, even when the Patriots are great, they don't see Belichick is he doesn't care about looking good. It's win the game, whatever it takes. I'll win the game by one, even if I have the greatest team of all time, because in the end they're going to recognize: Did you win the game or lose the game? I mean, was Seattle crazier than the Atlanta game? No, but then and then the the Ram game, another Belichick gem. I mean, that was the best offense in the NFL, the Rams, mm -hmm. and he they had three points. Now they drove a couple times and were stopped, but 
Uh, and, you know, Brady was a non-factor in that game. And Gronk made one catch. It was one play. Uh, Brady and Gronk did hook up for one big play, which set wow. up the touchdown, which won the game. So, you know, again, back to the Belichick versus Brady thing. Look, at uh, you could go to the Belichick when he was defensive coordinator when they beat Buffalo. I mean, that they had no right beating Buffalo. They had a backup quarterback, and they had Otis Sanderson, who was about 60 years old, running the football. And uh, but they they were tough as nails. And his game plan held the best offense in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. uh, the K Gun, to uh, to you know 13, 16, I don't know whatever it was. It was just it it was amazing. So that's where I'm 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 a Belichick and Brady guy. And I will say this: Brady doesn't have his career if he doesn't have Belichick as his coach, and vice versa. I agree with that, and I can't believe I forgot the Seattle game. That was a memorable game as well. Um, but the the other game that really comes to mind is when they played the Falcons up twenty eight to three. And believe it or not, when I was watching that game, I didn't have I, I did not hurt me personally. I didn't have any doubts that they would lose. I believe that they could come back. And it was a it was a tremendous game, mm-hmm. and to believe that it, the, the games that they won so close. I mean, all the Super Bowls they played were close. I mean, a, an inch here, a play there <laughs> could have changed it either way. Like the Giant games that they played. Yeah, so that Atlanta game was crazy, and I again I don't know which game the the Philly game when they beat Philly in Jacksonville. I was there. That that was sort of a dull game. <laughs> the craziest, you could argue the craziest game was the Carolina game, which was their second Super Bowl, 2003. That was in Houston. I mean, that was a sort of a mediocre, good Carolina team. But that was, uh, it was, I, I think for his, history's sake, it was the longest without points, that Super Bowl. And then over like a six-minute stretch, there were six touchdowns. And so it, it went from the best defensive battle in the history mm-hmm. of NFL Super Bowls to the most <laughs> offensive. And that's, in fact, that's to me the great part about Bill Belichick. Uh, if you ask me what his greatness is, I go back to, I think it's the 2004 Super Bowl when the Patriots are the number one seed. They face the number one offense. How many times are we going to say they face the number one offense? And they hold the Colts to three points, beat them 21 to three, I think it was when they beat Peyton Manning and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Pittsburgh and play the best defense in the NFL. And they score 41 points against the best defense. So they they kept the best. That's what Belichick has professed his whole career. It's like this word position flexibility. You got to do a little of everything. You got to be both. You got to be able to, sometimes you got to play this way, but guess what? The best teams are that can also play another way. They're not stuck to one way. And that's what that's why Belichick has succeeded. He's always thought outside the box. He, he can win a Super Bowl. 13 to three, like he did against the Rams. And he can win one 31, 29, like he did or 31, 29. I think the score was against Carolina Uh, or they blew, you know, you could argue the best, the worst defensive game I've ever seen in Belichick history was the Philadelphia Super Bowl. That's a whole nother one. And again, they should, they were getting waylaid on both sides of the ball, but Brady kept fighting. And uh, remember, I don't think they had, uh, was that the game? They didn't have, um, played without Edelman. Uh, and so, I mean, that's playing with like one hand tied behind right. your back. Uh, but I think, I think that was, I think Gronk had the big year that year too, uh, the big game as well. But that that's why the Patriots have been great. They've been able to make adjustments and on the fly and, and do it any way. It's not, you know, Bel- it, personally, Belichick would not, would rather, and he, he, he mocked, a person for asking this question at a press conference. It's world famous. The guy said, Bill, would you rather get into a, <laughs> you rather get into a high scoring game, you know, 33, 30, or would you rather play 13 to 10? And he just said, I'd rather win. And he's right. He's right. But Belichick would rather play 13 to 10 because 13 to 10, you can control. You can't yeah. control 33, 30, 33, 30 is like, okay, I, I'm not into track meets. I'm into playing football. Correct. And he's he's a he's a control freak more than anything. He knows where what everyone's doing at all times, and I'm talking ball boys. So yeah, he's so my my point is back wow. to the original point. He can do he can do everything. So when uh, when Tom Brady decided to leave the Patriots, or however when he 
exited out of New England. Yeah. It was a shock for me. I'm sure was it was a shock for a lot of people in New England as well. No, because that was a miserable year, 2019. You know, right. that, that, that was an interesting year. They were 8-0 to start the season. Brady was the MVP, done deal. They go to Baltimore. I was I was at this game. It was in Baltimore, and um, and where uh, and that's Lamar's first first time against Lamar Jackson. Now Lamar Jackson had, had been having a really good year up to that point. You know, good. You know, no one really knew what the hell they were getting with him. This is 2019. He ended up waxed him for over 100 yards. They ran the ball for like 170 yards. Um, it it was a waxing. Patriots made a little run to make it a game, but uh, the Patriots never recovered from that. They went four and five, so they were eight and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Their last nine games, including the playoff game, which was against Tennessee in Foxborough, they lost. Uh, they lost that game, a close game, freezing cold, and so four and nine after starting zero oh and eight, uh, eight and zero. Oh. And um, you know what what struck me about that team, that team. Brady's last year. He was miserable the whole year. I'll never forget it. It was a, the game in Philadelphia. It was a Sunday night game. One of my favorite trips, by the way. I, I ran Rocky Steps. I had a, I mm-hmm. sort of got a feel Philly <laughs> cheesesteaks. Um, you know, my son was there with a bunch of college buddies. He was, uh, uh, I think he was in Northeastern at the time, baseball player. And he had about seven guys that lived in the Philly, Philly area. So they all came down for it. It was like, it was like a college frat party. And I uh, had a great time, it, but very memorable. But Brady won the game, played lousy. Uh, that was a game Edelman threw a touchdown pass. Brady didn't even throw one. And after the game, Brady was miserable, I, almost to the point where I thought he was sick. And I texted a friend of Brady's. I go, hey, has Brady got the flu? No, he's just not really happy. And I go, what? Uh, this is after a win. Wow. So I saw, it sort of hit me. Uh, him and Belichick were done. That, that game, they were done. So that was in, like, November. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm basically saying this is over. This this incredible run is over, and um, and it was. It's hard. It's hard to believe the run is over um, after he left. So we're looking at now the Patriots. Now they've. Uh, I was watching the game last night. They had a stat in the game: twenty three and twenty two since Brady left. So yeah. where do you see the Patriots going from here? The Mac Jones, I believe they should let them air it out and throw the ball. I read your column about that as well. They need to let him throw and not these sideline passes. And uh, his frustration showed a little bit last week, but air it out, see what he can do. What do you think about uh, Mac Jones as the quarterback for the uh, Patriots? So I've, I've made, I've sort of switched because last year I thought he was going to be, he was moving to franchise quarterback. Now you could argue they got him a bum offensive coordinator, meaning a guy that's not, you know, Matt Patricia, who's a defensive guy. I'm my, my problem with Matt Patricia is he, he sort of, it seems like he's like, concentrating while he's looking at play calling it's like no 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 you gotta you gotta be quick with the call here this isn't like this isn't you know he's like a a rocket scientist by the way genius Mm -hmm. uh went to school up in rochester basically rocket fuel or something or nuclear energy so but when you're on the sidelines and there's a play clock and you can only talk to the quarterback till there's 15 seconds left (laughs) in the play you got you gotta make the call and there's definitely some problems there, but, and, uh, you know, he, he had a, the interception, which he got bumped. He held the ball a little long. Mm-hmm. He had another bad handoff. Uh, and it, sh- it should have cost him uh, a, a fumble. Um, and so Max got to fix some things too. Max has had some guys open, throws a little bit behind. He's frustrated. His confidence is low. And I think that's probably part of the problem. And it plays into, you know, Matt Patricia, it's a new offense. And so there's issues there. I'm, uh, I've, I'm, I'm now, I'm not hundred percent sure about Mac. I thought he was, I, I like his fire. I'm not saying I don't like his fire. He made a couple of nice passes yesterday, but the quarterback has to lead the team and, you know, you have to get over your, your situation is your situation. And I'll say this before Brady had lousy receivers. I mean, the 2005 team that six team that almost beat Indianapolis had you had me and had Hector Longo as wideouts. That's what my problem is with this team and and the pit. Now defensively, we saw Josh Uche, linebacker, three sacks last night, but just making a presence. Uh, we get um, Marcus Jones making plays. Mm-hmm. That's how you win. That's how you get better. 
Uh, and Mac needs a little help. Offensive line hasn't been great. Trent Brown, awful. Flat out awful. Left tackle, he's killed them this year. And um, the, the penalties haven't been right. You know, I, it's funny. Um, Devin McCourty, who's in his last year, obviously, mm -hmm. he basically said, we got to stop comparing this to the old teams. We're not the old team. So people say, hey, we're not used to penalty. Well, yeah, that's, it's, Josh, it's not Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady. It's Matt Patricia and Mac Jones. So and he didn't use those names, but meaning let's keep our expectations where they belong. Uh, this is a second-year quarterback, a first-year offensive coordinator. So the Patriots have some issues, um, but it's be with Belichick, and I wrote this last week, uh, I said, I'm, I'm betting on Belichick. Uh, I, look, it doesn't look good. I agree. It doesn't. They didn't look good last night, let's be honest. You no. Know? And, and look, I'm not saying Kyla Murray doesn't go down. I think they still would have won the game, but uh, that was a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work until they finally got control of the game. Uh, but I think they go to the Raiders and I think they win, to be honest with you. I think that's going to be a war. That's going to be a field goal. And Mac's going to have to play better if they're going to win that game. After that, grab a coin. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's not looking great. Cincinnati and Miami, that's going to be tough. Well, you know, I just feel like he just doesn't look comfortable this year like he did last year. I don't know what, I don't know whether he's not getting the protection in the uh, offensive that's line, part, but that's it, just part of looks it. Like, it just looks like he just does not look comfortable. He He's, uh, impatient, I get you could say, uh, and you know, the interception last night he had, he got hit, but, uh, kind of wailed up there, but yep. he just doesn't look like, you know, like he did last year where he, he, it looks like he had more control and he was more confident last year's rookie year. So I have one issue with Belichick on this end. Uh, he has to stop going off the clearance rack for wide receivers. Uh, forget that you, you gotta, you need a $20 million guy. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I, I know he doesn't like doing that. I overpay, you know, you overpaid at, at, at tight end and one of them can't play and the other is pretty good. Uh, Hunter Henry's pretty good. But Jonu Smith has been a complete unmitigated disaster. Nelson Aguilar, 12 million, 11 million a year, a disaster. Uh, you know, we, you're going to be mindful of last night, though. Jacoby Myers was out and then Devontae Parker got hurt in the second or third play. And he looked like he was going to be ready to play. Mm -hmm. So and then and then running back, they're playing with two rookies who, God, damn, those guys looked good. They look strong. I'm not saying they look like great run, but, like, I wouldn't want to tackle either one of those guys. They look like big, strong fullbacks running the football. So, uh, basically, they won the game. They won it semi-handily in the fourth quarter, not before then, but it took to the fourth quarter, which is the only thing I was concerned about. But they got to play better. And the Patriots have to win defensively first. They have to make the other team make a mistake or two, return a pass, return a fumble for a touchdown. You do that, they get a chance against anyone. But if 0-0, 1-1 on the turnover battle against Miami, Cincinnati, or Buffalo, they ain't winning any of those games. So I'm, I'm, but but there, there's a couple of players got me excited. Uh, Mar Marcus Jones and uh, Josh Uche. I go, well, okay, they didn't have those two at the beginning of the year. Now they got two playmakers to go with a couple of the other guys, meaning, you know, they don't have really many, to be honest with you. But, you know, obviously, Matt Judon is is very good player. And, you know, Mac Jones really isn't a playmaker right now. So they don't have a lot of them. But you get another one or two, all of a sudden, we might look at this team a little differently, not only to make the playoffs, but possibly upset Kansas City in Kansas yeah. City. Won't be easy. Probably won't happen. I'm just saying, have a possibility. Interesting, interesting. I think the Bills are gonna uh, beat the beat the Chiefs if they end up going. So let me ask you some uh, personal questions. So you've been covering sports now for many years in the Boston area. So what's it like covering like the the Patriots, and what's it like covering the Celtics? If you've gone to Celtics, Bruins, and Red Sox games during their World Series run, what's it like having all these teams win and ha be relevant for 20 years? It must be great for you as a as working in the media and also for the fans. So try to, what is it like personally for you? Like when you're going to these games, it must be something looking forward to going to. So there's two, there's two things that are important here in the Boston area, New England area, and you're, which you're a native of yes, sir. is when things are going really well, it's awesome. <laughs> and when things are going really bad, it's awesome. So we, we enjoy, we are, the, we are so negative. You know, I was talking to Lou Maloney, Lou Maloney, former Red Sox player. He's yes, retiring. Well, he's, 
he's leaving EEI. He's got a, he was on, he's got a radio show and he's on, he's really good. And we are talking about just how the negativity, it's like, if, like I'll say today, everyone's talking about uh, with the Patriots, it's Matt Jones and Patricia, it doesn't look good. Well, how about Josh Uche? Uche looked like an all pro, not, not, a, not a pro bowl, an all pro. And that's a great sign going for. How about the two rookie running backs coming out mm-hmm. of nowhere, not doing anything? But we don't do that here in New England. What we do in New England is bleep you. You know, we're we're in a, we're we're more into the negativity, and that's what sort of drives us. And I'm guilty because it's like you gotta. I try to, but it's work. Hunt for the positive story, but the one people want to read is, and then they want to shout out about is the negative story. That sort of the negative, not not so much negative, but we 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 are we chase the the other stories when sometimes the good ones in front of us don't. But covering these teams, look, I was at, I've been at three of the World Series, out of the four World Series. I was there on the field when they celebrated. I've been at all the Patriots Super Bowls. I was at the Celtics Championship. I was not in, um, I was not in the Patriot, the Red Sox first uh, World Series in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Our, our writer, John Tomasi, who's now works in Boston, he was there. And then the other one was, I wasn't there in Vancouver when the Bruins won, but I, I was at Stanley Cup games at the Garden. Yep. Um, but what I, I honestly believe what we happened here was the Patriots changed everything. Um, because all of our teams here in the Boston area, they have high salaries. So, I mean, they, they do pay. They have the ability to pay. And, but they've never been pushed to push the envelope. And, and the Patriots pushed it in 2001. Right. And then, and then, you know, they went again in 2003 and the Red Sox, if you remember, lost that heartbreaker to the uh, Yankees in 2003. They have, the, they have the lead in game seven and they blow it. And that, and they, you know, the, the Grady little gets fired because of a loss game seven, literally, <laughs> that's why he got fired. And um, so, so that, in my opinion, changed everything. And then the Bruins they were the last comer to the party uh, because, you know, uh, the owner, um, Jeremy Jacobs, Jeremy noted as a cheapskate, profiteer, and he was. And he made a lot of money off the Bruins. You know, the garden he bought for, you know, a song and a dance, and that thing was packed for 20 years. And not he also had the sports them. service, the uh, concessions company, right? Did he get... <laughs> yes, he dealt so with that going with him for him, too. And he wasn't pumping money back into the team, and he finally did. I think. The Patriots forced everyone to go after championships. And guess what? They all did. And the Celtics, they only won one, but they pushed for three of them. Um, right. The Bruins Bruins won a cup, went to two other cups, should have won both of them, e- easily could have had three Stanley Cups here over the last 10 years. Uh, so the pay- I credit the Patriots. But the Red Sox, I mean, kids today growing up, my son grows up, he thinks, oh, everyone wins championships. No, no, they don't. When I grew up, the Celtics won a champ, two championships. Yep. They won, well, they won in the 70s. I didn't really follow them then. But uh, they won in 86. They, the Celtics won three. Three, 81, 80, 84, 86. Um, the, Bruins won in, the Bruins won in 80 back then. The Red Sox never won a title. No. Um, and uh, the Patriots had never won. They'd won, gone to one Super Bowl, which was the one in 96. Sorry, they went to two. They lost to the Ooh. Bears 46 to 10 in 86 Super Bowl. So, I was, I saw a lot of just malaise yeah. and a lot of, <laughs> and, and, and that's what we were here. And over the last 20 years, uh, it's the pressure's on. That's why I like this. We're still in this. The pressure's on the Bruins right now. Number one team in the NHL Celtics, number one team in the NBA Patriots and Red Sox are the teams who have been sort of our carriers here the last 20 years are both, you know, and they're, they're meddling right now, both of them. Got it. And uh, though the Red Sox had a nice little run last year, 2018 winning in, in, in Los Angeles. That was, that was one of the most dominant baseball yeah. teams, Red Sox teams ever. And we sort of fluffed that over. That was, uh, you know, Dave Dombrowski, Pate got rid of all the minor leaguers. Well, that was one hell of a year. They dominated everyone. That was a very good Dodgers team, which they beat four to one. And if not yeah. for that, you know, 19 inning game at two, 3 a.m. in in Boston. It was midnight in California. You know, they if that doesn't happen, they you know they sweat they sweep that team. 
And now the Dodgers are the cream of the crop, you know, not winning every year, but they're competing for championships. So we, uh, we've been very lucky. I've been very lucky. And yeah. uh, winning is part of our culture. We're still complainers. We're yeah. still, uh, we're still negative. You know, hey, we, uh, we bitch and moan. You know, I, what, what, what the irony is, you know, the Red Sox ownership has won four championships and you know since 2004 so it's four in 19 years but they did it over 14 years they won four championships 86 years it took to win a championship but you'd think he, they're bums right now they are bums people forget that you know they haven't forgiven them for Mookie Betts and they haven't forgiven them now it was Xander Bogarts um even if they win a fifth championship it's going to be you let Mookie Betts go well we won a championship it doesn't matter yeah. you know so we're we're hard to please here I love, I love, I miss the sports talk up there. I can get it every now and then. I get it on the, uh, on my phone here and I'll listen to like after the Patriots games, if they lose, boy, they're, they're all over the pats on the uh, post game shows. That's what yeah. we think about technology, but uh, yeah, you get spoiled. I've been away from uh, Massachusetts, North Andover, Boston area for now, what, since 1995. So I'm kind of isolated. I don't know what the feels like I'm down here in the South, but uh, I, uh, I kind of miss that uh, complaining and uh, moaning and, uh, bitching and moaning about uh, the teams and uh, doing all that stuff, but uh, yeah, Rob, it's pretty. Rob, it's it's cold up here in sports and in the weather. We're, yes. we're very we de- we demand winners, and if you don't win, <laughs> your ass is fired. And that's how it's it's crazy. Uh, I've sort of softened here now. I mean, I'm near the end. You know, I'm 61. Like I said, you were in high school. I'm covering your first game, and I'm still here. Uh, you know, I got a couple projects I'm looking at, maybe a book or two, maybe something on the Patriots. But Interesting. I, uh, uh, the rat race is getting the, the winning. I, it's it's like I'm not saying I don't want to go to another Super Bowl, but it's not like, you know, my fire isn't burning on that end. And, you know, I'll go and I'll cover one. I'll go to it. If, if, if the Celtics or or Bruins go to a championship, I'll probably be part of that group going to those. And but. Uh, you know, I like being home. I like what, you know, like I have more fun watching my son play than watching Tom Brady play. And people don't understand that, but it's true. If you have kids and you do, you understand that it's, there's something about it. And, uh, so that's where I am right now. Interesting. Well, uh, we're going to be wrapping up here, but, uh, I know if the uh, Celtics play the Grizzlies here in Memphis, I will find a ticket to get to the FedEx forum and watch the uh, <laughs> Grizzlies and Celtics in the finals. I'll find a way, but, uh, it's, uh, it's been a great, uh, uh, treat for you to join me on here. If you get that Patriots book, I would like to get you back on. If you get that Patriots yes. book, that would, that would be sweet. And uh, I it really, would be on the, it, would, it would be on the first Super Bowl. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's even better against the greatest show on turf. I mean, yep. that's in a uh, uh, real quick, John Madding, he said he got goosebumps on that final drive with, uh, with uh, Brady going down the field. So yeah, a lot uh, of people get on John Madden because he, um, because he sort of said, I would take a knee. <laughs> but he did admit later, you know what? I'm sort of getting goosebumps watching this. And uh, so did I. And uh, like, I, if you ask me, I probably, it probably be a good story to name my 10 favorite sporting events. I, I, I'm struggling because it's a close, uh, that to me is still one of the greatest events I've ever been to. And that was in uh, tax day, 1985, uh, only my second year in the business. I was still sort of part-time, just coming on full-time. And Russ Conway allowed me to get a pass, and I went. And I love boxing. Marvin Hagler was one of my heroes growing up. Loved him. Absolutely adored him. I cried when he lost to Antifermo, and that, not lost, but it was a draw, and he didn't win the title. Uh, you know, I was a big local guy. So uh, my passion comes before the championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to me... People say, who's your great favorite player, athlete? I sort of, my, I go to my kid. I become a kid again. Bobby Orr is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. And now I guess Tom Brady has to get that because of what he's done. But Bobby Orr was grace. And, uh, and then Larry Bird, that's, it's hard to knock him off my list, my top three. Brady's on the top three with Bobby Orr. And, uh, and then what do I do about David Ortiz? I mean, David yeah. Ortiz, is, is there a more clutch athlete? I guess it's Brady. I, I don't know. Is it? I, it's like, think about, talk about the, uh, all the riches we've had here. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And uh, 
it's a, it's quite extraordinary. You know, you get to see these players uh, game in and game out. So mm-hmm. um, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this uh, podcast episode of mine. And it's going to be coming out shortly. And uh, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy doing other things, but uh, I, uh, I thank you very much for uh, coming on. Hey, I'm on, I'm in that with the World Cup. I'm not a soccer guy at all, but I, I love writing about this. We got a Morocco, a guy that owns uh, Perfectos in North Andover. It's a nice breakfast train. If you ever come to town, he's right in the Butcher Boy Plaza. A great guy. I've known him for 25 years, and he's, he's from Morocco. So I called him the other day, and he's like pulling out his hair, crying, laughing. His world, you know, they're in the Final Four. They're playing tomorrow, uh, France. So I've, I've got these great soccer. I'm in the stories. And this guy's got an incredible story about growing up in Morocco, kicking cans around, thinking he's going to be in the World Cup. And now he's, you know, he's 50-something years old, and he's watching Morocco, his team, as a kid. Wow. His, his son goes to Yale, and they're, in the, they're, they're crying together watching these games. They're, you know, people are crazy. We're all crazy here in the way. I, I, miss, I miss North Andover. There was one other point. Um, you mentioned Larry Bird. It's hard to believe that Larry Bird had a 12-, 13-year career, and he only scored 21,000 points. I find that yeah. like, extraordinary and he should be on a top 10 nba all-time team no matter what he has to be on that team no matter what yeah if you talk to guys like kareem abdul jabbar and magic johnson they'll tell you larry bird's top three or four all time really you know, and I, I don't know who if that bumps one of them out but i mean what he did here i mean in in in, in my opinion in our opinion that that was the greatest era of the nba i'll argue that one of the great maybe the greatest year in sports the NFL was incredible back then. That was all those NFC teams, Joe Montana, Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins, New York Giants, Chicago Bears. I mean, that NFC, the 80s, are you kidding me? I think it was early 80s was Pittsburgh and, you know, Oakland won a couple, but uh, Celtics, Lakers, Philadelphia, um, Milwaukee here in the East. For me, you see, that's the one thing, you know, I'm a big, you know, I've, I've been following the Celtics closely here. They're very good. But when I was watching the Celtics Sixers, I hated the Sixers, and I mean, I hated them, and it was Sunday at noon, they would play, it was like a World Series game, and there were six of them, and I cherished every one, and now it's like you play a team, he's on, you know, he's sitting out because he's tired, and and winning and losing doesn't really matter as much, no, we didn't like losing to Philly or the Lakers back then, and it's a little, that's a little different nowadays. It was very intense back then, the 80s, the, the Celtics, Lakers. Uh, when uh, Mikhail clotheslined uh, Rambis and they had that little brouhaha. And I remember watching, I watched that video every now and then. And you see Bird, he's just like trying to, he's got his arm around Rambis. He's just, uh, you know, oh. calmly doing everybody else's screaming and yelling. Bird, Bird, was, Bird was the man. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love, like Bill Lambert, you know, is still the most hated person in Boston sports. And it's, I love it. And he, he hates Boston too. He's still, he's like, he's like <laughs> 70 years old and he still hates us, which is great. So, uh, but that's what, that's what sports does. We, we take it way too seriously and uh, you know what? Guilty. Um, nope. But I'm sort of, I'm sort of softening a little bit, but I do like the story. I'm more into the stories now and that's sort of what I'm telling. And I want to get into more of them. So. All right. Well, Bill, uh, thank you so much. I know your time is valuable again. And we got off on a tangent here, but thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.